hello there and welcome once again to Trish of the Day. Now before we start the show properly, I just wanted to say a big congratulations to my niece who's just got a recording contract and is going to be bringing out her first album very soon. She's very talented, it's rap, but don't let that put you off. All the lyrics are above board and above the waistline, I'm pleased to say. So do look out for her, she's called Nanny Goat, Nanny Goat, Nanny, do you get it? Nanny, I mean her real name's Julie, so... Well done, Julie Love. I can't wait for the launch gig. I'll be there in the front row. Um, I've had a t-shirt printed, especially. So yeah, well done, and I'll see you at Auntie Val's birthday party. Now, have you thought about what sort of funeral you'd like? That's not a threat. I'm genuinely interested. I recently had a lovely chat with a local funeral director about this hot topic. But before we hear that, I took to the streets to ask the great British public in my local area about what sort of send-off they'd like. Hello, I'm asking people today about what kind of funeral they'd like. Is it something you thought about? Shot out of a submarine like a torpedo. The mourners aren't told where the funeral's taking place and they have to follow a set of clues and when they find me, they pull a lever which lowers me into the ground and then lots of money rains down on them. Rains down from where? I don't know, I'm really high at the moment. Can you describe your funeral? Disappointing. Hardly anybody turned up. Thank you. Hello. Today I'm at Arnold Rimmer and Son, which is a long-established local funeral directors. And with me is the latest in a long line of Rimmers, Colin. Thank you for having me, Colin. Hello, Chris. Lovely to see you too. You don't have to whisper, by the way. It's not like the old days. There's a real hive of activity here today. Business must be booming. We do okay, yeah. Certainly well enough to have survived 120 years. Well, you're clearly very busy here today, and so it's very exciting for me to be here to do an OB. Um, Sorry, for listeners at home who don't know, OB is what we call an outdoor broadcast. Side. You are? Outside broadcast, I'm pretty sure. Not, not outdoor. Okay, fine. But it really is bustling here today. I think to capture the activity, I really need one of those big boomer microphones. Boom. They're just called boom microphones. Right. Colin Rimmer or Steven Spielberg? I, I don't so really... So, Colin, have funerals changed much in recent years? Oh, definitely. And funeral directors have had to adapt to that. And uh, now, for, for a lot of us, our aim is to put the fun into funeral. Bit of an obvious joke. So, how have things changed, then? Like... I always have a little joke with my mum that when her time comes, I'm going to leave her in a wardrobe in the front garden for the council to collect. But how close is that to reality nowadays? We're not quite there yet, Trish, but a lot of our clients do opt for, let's say, a less traditional send-off. Like what? Well, many more people plan their funerals nowadays. So, for example, we have funerals where the guests are encouraged to write messages on the coffin. Oh, I couldn't do that with my family. We don't all get on since Brexit. I don't want to risk going into the afterlife covered in poor grammar and swear words. We had one gentleman who loved motorbikes and he asked us to embalm him and sit him on top of his bike and greet people as they came into the chapel with a recording of his voice saying, Hello. Well, that sounds terrifying. It's never too early to plan your own funeral, Trish. Um, Have you had any thoughts about yours? Are you trying to drum up a bit of trade off me? No, I'm just curious. Well, I've had some thoughts on the matter, yes. Um, Ideally, I'd love it to be at Westminster Abbey, but it's nearly 20 quid to get in, so imagine how expensive it's going to be to hire it. I might just keep the ticket price and put that towards the higher cost. 
Well, that's a good idea, actually. Anyway, the service will probably be about two to three hours long, really. That's quite long. I know, but there's my playlist to get through, um, and the film show, which will include video tributes and a roast of my ex-husband. Also, a lot of people at funerals do like to walk past the coffin, don't they? So I'm going to allow quite a bit of time for that and accompany it with some music on the theme of walking. You know, like these boots are made for walking, walking in the air, the theme tuned to Tenko. Walking on sunshine? I've already finished the playlist. No need to join in. What kind of coffin will you have, Trish? Uh, wood? Wicker? Compostable? Wicker? What am I, next week's washing? And I would never go compostable. I don't want to end up as a grow bag. I'll go with traditional mahogany, I think. So what will be on your playlist? Well, I'm not going to go through all the songs now because there will literally be hundreds. But as the coffin is brought into the Abbey, it'll start off with Ride of the Valkyries. That'll create a nice theatrical atmosphere and also give a little nod to my Amdram days. I'm sure all the gang will be there as well. Then a bit later, there's going to be um, I've Had the Time of My Life, you know, from Dirty Dancing. And you know that moment in the song where Patrick Swayze does the famous lift? Well, I'm going to get them to lift my coffin at that moment. And at the end of the playlist, there will be the 1812 Overture. You know, the one... Um, but the sound of the cannons will coincide with fireworks. But, um, no, apart from that, I haven't really thought the whole thing through. So, how much would that set me back, do you think, roughly? Oh, I couldn't really put an exact price on it. It's just for fun, Colin. You know, the fun in funeral. Well, I mean, so far, probably, I reckon, around £150,000. Right. Maybe I will go for the wicker, then. We'll be back after this short commercial break. Have you had an accident in the last five years that wasn't your fault? But it was really. Wasn'tme.com can help. I was carrying a tray of boiling oil across the banana skin factory where I worked when I suddenly tripped. No one told me I shouldn't be doing it in stilettos. Wasn'tme.com helped me get financial compensation and a new pair of stilettos. Wasn'tme.com have a dedicated team of specialists who can help you stretch the truth. Working on a building site is one of the most dangerous jobs and a cement mixer can cause severe injury if care isn't taken. No one told me not to push my friend in it as a prank. Wasn'tme.com gaslit the whole company into giving me compensation and a promotion. Already hundreds of thousands of people have contacted Wasn'tme.com to ask for free advice. Nice try though, you have to pay. I'm a van driver and I knocked someone off their bike and broke their leg. But thanks to Wasn'tme.com, the person who called the number on the How's My Driving sticker on the back of my van ended up paying all the cyclists' medical bills and counselling for me in Barbados. Wasn'tme.com. No win, no fee. For you, that is. Welcome back. Now, on an earlier episode in a segment about dating, I mentioned a lady who had married a 300-year-old ghost. Well, I was so intrigued by the story that I just had to pursue it. So after a lot of research, I managed to track her down. And I'm very excited to say I have the lady on the other end of the phone right now. So please welcome Janine McCurdy. Hello, am I saying that right? Hi, Janine. Right enough. Thank you so much for taking the time out to join me, Janine. I no bother, Trish. It was either this or clean the oven. Great. So, Janine, congratulations on your wedding. Ah, thanks. We're, we're soon coming up to our first wedding anniversary, so we are. Well done. Oh, very rude of me. I haven't even asked you what his name is. His real name's Sam, but he had a different work name. Like a stage name? What, what was his job? It was a parrot. He was a parrot? 
No, a pirate. Oh, a pirate. I'm so sorry. It's it's a really bad line. His pirate name was Birdseye. Like the fish fingers? Well, no, not back then. But we do joke about how if he were alive now, he could sue Captain Birdseye. So why was he called Birdseye? He only had one eye. But it, luckily, it was really good. And that's how you got your pirate name, you see. It was either based on a prominent physical feature, like Blackbeard, or after a particular skill you might have had. Oh, so my pirate name would be Lamrogan Josh. So, Janine, my first question really is, which I'm sure all the listeners are dying to know, how did you get a 300-year-old pirate ghost to settle down? Well, when he was a pirate, he did have a girl in every port. He'd be the first to tell you that. If I had a Ouija board, or...? And then there just came a time when he just had to give all that up. Well, he died, didn't he? Aye, he did. And that was the wake-up call he needed, really. Time to settle down. And then, bam, 248 years later, he met me. And how did you meet? Well, I live on the coast, and my house is built on where he was buried, so it's like it was meant to be, really. And if anything, I'm trespassing on his property. Anyway, one night after my birthday party, I was taking down all the decorations, and he appeared in my kitchen. And he said he'd been watching me for many years, and he wanted to make me his bride. He proposed to me there and then. He said he wanted to shower me with doubloons. Oh, does he like balloons, then? No, doubloons. Mm-hmm. Doubloons. Why'd you keep saying it? Old coins. Oh, doubloons. Gotcha. Sorry, it's the phone line again. Um, so, have you met his family? No, they're estranged. They weren't too happy about him becoming a pirate, so they've not spoken for, oh, 274 years now. I mean, I haven't completely given up hope of a reconciliation, but you know what families can be like. I do. My mum forgot to send my auntie Winnie a Christmas card one year and didn't speak to her for a whole year. The following Christmas, a card arrived with a dog turd in it, so I do know what you're going through. I take it the family didn't come to the wedding then? No, it was a very small affair. Just me and um, Sam. Uh, We had it at the house. Unfortunately, we couldn't find anybody to conduct the ceremony. They're very small-minded near where I live. Quite conservative, are they? Oh, they're so stuck in their ways. My friend Angela down the road, she stopped watching EastEnders after they coloured the mapping at the beginning. How could I fight against that? So, I married us. I got ordained online and did it. And then we had a little party here afterwards. Sam insisted on splashing out loads of money on fancy decorations. Doubloons? I and the streamers and the party poppers. No, I... never mind. So, how was the wedding night? You know, the physical aspect. Well, to be honest with you, he can't physically touch anything. I can occasionally feel his breath. 300-year-old breath. Hmm, nice. So the wedding night was a bit of a letdown, was it? No, it was great, actually. I uh, I hired a gigolo. He was actually the stripper for my hen party. Sort of a sideline. His name's Billy. Six-foot Willy. What do you mean? My friend Billy had a six-foot Willy. What about him? My friend Billy had a six-foot Willy, and he showed it to the lady next door. And then what happened? She thought it was a snake, and she hit it with a rake. Now it's only two-foot-four. Oh, my God. Is he OK now? No, it's, it's a... R- doesn't matter. Carry on. Anyway, Sam told me to tell the gigolo what he wanted to do to me, and he did it. So Sam kind of shouted instructions from the other side of the room. Like the crystal maze. Aye, it was great. I mean, we do have, to all intents and purposes, a great marriage. We love being together, but we do have separate interests. I have my yoga and my crafts. And once a year on Halloween, Sam goes off away with the lads. Don't ask, don't tell. And when he feels a bit frisky at home, I just give Billy a call. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Janine. Um, I'll let you go. Uh, what are you up to tonight? 
Actually, it's Sam's birthday today, so as a treat, we'll be watching the DVD of Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, does he like it? No, he just likes to criticise the inaccuracies. Sounds perfect. Have fun. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. Now, I love a night out at the theatre, and I do enjoy most types of shows. Um, I love a good play, except the ones where the cast shift the scenery about themselves. I think it shatters the illusion a little bit, in my view. But uh, my friend Sue is here to talk about a show she recently went to see that's becoming all the rage. Hello, Sue. Hiya, Trish. So, tell us, um, firstly, was this show in the evening or did you go during work time? Ha, ha, ha. Uh, tell us who you went to see, Sue. Well, it's called Jaxi Gomez. Sorry, Jaxi. Jaxi Gomez. Jaxi. 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 Yeah, he's American. I don't think it means the same thing over there as it does here. You know, like Trump. So, Jaxi is a mystical faith healer. Oh, I love watching those American faith healers on TV doing their shows in those big arenas. I didn't know you were religious, Trish. I'm not. I just love watching them invite the audience on stage and then push them over by their faces. So, have you always been a fan of Jaxi? No, I'd never heard of him, but my friend Marie won two tickets on a local radio phoning competition, so she gave one to me. She absolutely loves him. She believes in everything he does, but in the end, she couldn't go because she sprained her ankle. Shame. Yes, Sue. Such a shame she couldn't go to a healer because she'd sprained her ankle. So how was the show? I mean, I was really annoyed when I got there because earlier that day I'd got a parking fine. Where was that? On my windscreen. So I wasn't in the best of moods. But it was different. I mean, it was absolutely packed. I was right at the end of the row of seats, so easy access to the exits. And the toilets, luckily, you know, with my um, current thing. So the show started... And there was a big sort of drum roll. And then he appeared from the back of the hall and ran down the aisle where I was, high-fiving everyone as he ran to the stage. Oh, did you get to high-five him? Well, I dropped my bag and I was bending down to pick it up just as he was going past me. So he gave me a big high-five on my ear. And it was on the big screen on the stage. And because I didn't know it was him, on the screen it just looks like someone's slapping me on the head. And I jump up and shout, watch it, you prat. It's on YouTube now. OK, Sue, moving it along now. Was anyone healed? Well, there was a lot of casting out of demons and people getting up on stage and being pushed over. By their face? By their face, yeah. Yes. And some of them just stayed on the floor and had a nice little sleep. And then some of them got up saying they could walk. I mean, they had walked up on stage, so that took the gloss off it a little bit. One woman went on stage with a dog under her arm. A dog? I know. But then I thought, oh, it must be a guide dog. I don't think people tend to carry their guide dogs under their arms, Sue. Unless it could talk. Left, right, pavement, pavement, pavement. Winding it up now, Sue. And so then at the end, he did like a general healing of the audience. And he was throwing a, a spell out at us. So did anything happen to make you a believer, Sue? Well, all I'm saying is, when I got home, I discovered I had a lot less split ends. So, draw your own conclusions. Well, there we are another episode in the pan thank you so much for joining me hopefully see you next time and remember a stranger is just a friend you've successfully avoided bye bye Trish of the Day was written, performed and produced by Craig Dealey it is a Literally the Joke production (laughs) 